Today on the Travel Guys. In the travel news, Virginia and New York tell Delta they are welcome in their states after Georgia lawmakers slap the airline down. At 320, we make you a smarter traveler telling you what you can steal from your hotel room with the (laughs) hotel's compliments. And there's an update on the dog days of airline travel. One of our reporters, Clayton Whitehead, has just returned from a trip to the Middle East, to Jordan specifically, and he declares the trip eye-opening and attitude-changing. Clayton's passionate interview comes up at 3.35. Do not miss it. At 3.50, we introduce you to Earth Ships. Fairly new way to stay when you're on the road. It's totally off the grid. Uh, learn about Earth ships near Taos, New Mexico uh, with us a little later on. We have information, we have culture, and we are definitely off the grid. Here we are, gridless as usual, the Travel Guys. On the road again. Just can't wait to get on the road again. And the Oscar goes to the Travel Guys for the moment. <laughs> thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. I'd like to thank uh, all of the people who made this possible. Um, I'm sorry your time is, your up, time is up for your acceptance <laughs> yeah. speech. We, we're cutting you off. <laughs> we are the Travel Guys, Mark and Tom. Travel and entertainment, I might point out, uh, because we have special entertainment-oriented guests on a regular basis, including a special one coming up next week. And we're brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. We travel and we are occasionally entertaining. You know, uh, a lot of people don't realize that Sports Leisure Vacations, who takes people all over the world Mm -hmm. on very interesting vacations, uh, one of the things that you do a lot of, uh, because I've seen your catalog and I'm aware of what goes on with you guys, Mm You take people to a lot of really great, uh, great shows all over the place. New York, San Francisco, up in the foothills and so forth. So, Absolutely. So anyway. Uh, we are, we, we have a group that got on a cruise ship in Buenos Aires. Mm-hmm. Just, uh, let's see, this is Sunday. They got on Friday. So they're going on a cruise all around the bottom of South America and up to Chile and well, all of that kind of jazz. So how's the weather? Pretty cool. How's the weather down there? Yeah, where the cruise is. Well, it's uh, summertime down It would be like late summer, early fall down there, because that's the other hemisphere, of course. Oh, Someday I'll, I'll, I'll give you an educational class on the hemispheres when it comes to, <laughs> to, to traveling. How are you, Mr. Romano? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Quite excited about today's show. It's been a, you know, a relatively calm week uh, for, uh, for Tom and the old radio station, and... Uh, uh, you haven't been on the road much either. I haven't. I've been home. I'm going to make a little business trip at the end of next week, and then the following week, it will be time for spring training, which, of course, is something that it, it's everybody has their cross to bear, and mine is being forced to take baseball fans <laughs> down to Arizona for five days every spring and sit through the grueling pace of exhibition baseball games in the sunshine, and just, you know, it's a miserable job, but... 
I would never ask one of my staff to do something that I wouldn't do myself. So, <laughs> well, you know, our, our, those that are regular listeners uh, know your passion for for baseball and and particularly the San Francisco Giants and and they have friends that are probably a lot like you and 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 I wonder if their friends do what you do for me and that is uh, uh, you will alert me the the first when the first pitch is thrown that I can catch on the radio and you will alert me when I can see the first moment of baseball on TV which just happened to be today the the noon appearance of the Giants and Dodgers uh... and you would do the same I'm certain of it um, so what's really interesting is uh, you know Tom people go down to, to Arizona and pay more money to watch a game that doesn't count than they would pay for a similar ticket yeah. in San Francisco or Los Angeles or one of the other ballparks to watch a game that does count. There's this phenomena that is spring training with limited seats and sunshine coming off the winter and all of that kind of stuff. Anyways, we have uh, news and a radio show to get to, so we probably we, should, should we, get well, on with that. By golly, let's get on it. All right. At the beginning of every Travel Guys radio show, we bring you up to date on what's been going on in the travel news. Mark? The Sacramento Bee today on page A7 had this another full-page ad, and every time this happens, our phone rings on Monday morning, so I thought maybe I'd try to head off some of these calls on the radio. This is about Real ID, and... This is telling you, reminding folks, that as of October 1st, 2020, you will have to have a different kind of identification card than you have now in order to be able to get through security and get on an airplane. If you have a passport, then that will always get you through security and get you on an airplane. But we're basically talking about driver's licenses. The feds want every state to have a standard type driver's license so they can't be easily copied, so they can be a better security item for an ID. So they're asking all the states, California had an exemption. The old IDs are not good. The new IDs will be. If your driver's license expires before October 1st of 2020, you will get a new ID when you get your new driver's license. You don't have to worry. If your driver's license is expiring after October 1st, 2020, at some point in time, you, if you wish to travel and use your driver's license for, an, for identification purposes, you will have to get a new driver's license. Doesn't mean that you have to renew it, just means you have to get a new physical license. Or, or uh, if I, let's, let's take a look here, right. ID driver's license or ID card. Well, yes. So, if you... so for somebody like me who just recently got a brand new driver's license, it was... Only a month, maybe, before they were issuing the uh-huh. the uh, federally legal ID. But I got mine. It's going to not be renewed uh, until much time after 2020. I will go in and get the No, ID you card, won't. Right? You will go in and get a new a driver's license that's updated because there's no reason to have two different cards. Do you think they'll, they'll let me do that? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Will they, I get a chance to get that picture taken again? Uh, you can. You actually can do that now. They've announced that you if, can do. A, there's a way to get. Yeah, or to submit your own picture for that. But yeah, it yeah, won't get what, any what they're talking about here on the ID t- card, Tom, is people who don't drive. I see. Who regularly who who don't have a need to drive or are not able to drive because they have a disability or something. So they have an ID card that's like a driver's license, but it's not a driver's license per se. I will go do that and report back to our to you and our travel guys listeners. That would uh, actually listeners. be very helpful. I will. I will actually go through the process of uh, seeing what it's like if I need to update my 
The bottom line to this, if you're listening, and now we've confused the bejesus out of you, is that if your ID, if your driver's license expires before October 1st, 2020, you don't need to be concerned about this at all. If it expires after October 1st, 2020, like Mr. Romano, then you're going to have to get a new one. Stay tuned to this space, and we will update you as soon as Tom goes through that process. All right. Uh, In Mexico, they say the cruise industry is booming. In five years, the number of passengers disembarking in Mexico has gone up 52%. And there's a 42% increase in the number of ships visiting the country, which means larger ships are visiting. For this year, they expect a 13 to 15% increase. So, so much for people being afraid to go to Mexico. Another Mexican story here quickly. The Mexican Senate is considering regulations for all-inclusive resorts. This is kind of interesting, Tom. They found that these all-inclusive resorts, people don't leave them because, of course, they've paid for all their meals and all their drinks and all their entertainment and everything, and that's there. Why would they go into town in order to get in order to supplement their their visit. But what's happening is the local economies, as more and more hotels become all-inclusive, if the people, if you're not part of what the hotel is offering on site, then you can't, it's hard to operate a tourism-oriented business. No, I so, can see how that would impact the uh, the local restaurants and businesses, for I sure. It's sort of, you know, a unique problem that kind of uh, the Mexican legislature is trying to deal with. Chicago's Hare Airport is eyeing a big expansion. They are talking about an 8.5 million expansion uh project it would give them uh would put all the united and american flights in their respective terminals including international flights but american has jumped up and said wait just a minute here uh we're not in favor of this just because we said two years ago we were okay about it united's getting five new gates and we aren't getting anything so we've decided that we're not as in favor of this as we were two years ago stay tuned but chicago airport is going to get a little bit of an expansion. It looks like Delta and United have begun their new rules for service and emotional support animals. So if you are flying with an animal on a plane and you are flying on United or Delta, go to TravelGuysRadio.com and under the highlights of the show, there is a uh, connector there that will take you to give you all of the rules. The rules for emotional support animals have changed rather dramatically on both airlines so far american and southwest have not checked in so if you are taking an emotional support animal god help me for saying this uh you probably want to consider southwest or american because it's going to be a little bit easier to board there hopefully those airlines will get on board soon virginia and new york have told delta airlines you are welcome here you might have been following this a number of travel entities last week took away their discounts for the NRA, the National Rifle Association, including Delta Airlines. So uh, Delta lost a tax benefit in the Georgia legislature that would have saved them about $50 million on jet fuel taxes. Delta says they're going to stand by their guns and stick with keeping away the uh, NRA discounts. Interestingly enough, I heard one report, Tom, that the total number of tickets last year issued under that discount was 13, 1, 3. It's usually about a 10% discount. So Delta really truly is sticking to their guns here. If it's cost them $50 million over a discount on 13 uh, tickets, you have to you have to say that they are, and, and in the state of Georgia, nonetheless, that they are kind of sticking to their guns, if you'll excuse the pun. And that's your travel news for today. And we are the travel guys. By the way, I just found out uh, I made a mistake. I grabbed the wrong envelope. We did not win the Oscar for 
best travel guys radio show after all. So, uh, bummer. You know how it is. Every year there's a mess up with <sighs> Always the Always a bridesmaid, never a bride. There you go. Okay, let's see. What do we got coming up? We're going to talk about. Uh, well, yeah, Mark, how about you? Do you do you take things home from the hotels? When I you don't, and apparently I, I'm not taking as much as I should. Hotels want you to take certain things, and of course there are certain things they would rather that you leave behind. We're going to talk about that. That's next here on The Travel Guys. Come away We're The Travel Guys. Mark Hoffman, Tom Romano, brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. Again, go to TravelGuysRadio.com. You can uh, follow along with the program. We've got, uh, well, a whole series of great pictures from, uh, well, I don't know. Uh, I haven't drilled that far into Do we have pictures on our website we, of Clayton's of trip? Of Clayton from Jordan, and yes. we have uh, kind of some interesting stuff. Uh, we've got stuff on the Earth ships that we're going to talk about in the second half of the program, and uh, New Mexico tourism, and we've got uh, all kinds of just other things there that you might not hear us talking about. So as a little incentive there, somebody apparently wants you on your telephone there while you're... That's okay. They don't know that you're a famous radio star, No, apparently, between they don't care 3 and 4 o'clock. Also on the Travel Guys at TravelGuysRadio.com, you will see... A, a link to here's what you can and cannot steal from your hotel room. Okay, with that being said, I'm I'm quite interested in this because I have to Because admit, you regularly steal things from your hotel well, room? Well, you know, who wants the whatever is left of the uh, shampoo and, and conditioner that they give to you complimentary, mm-hmm. uh, you know, since you already have used some of it. Sometimes you'll, if you have your room clean more than once, you'll get extra. Uh huh. And uh, you know, I, I will. Uh, Those are all things the hotel wants you to take. I have kind of figured. That. And 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 in in fact, at Sports Leisure Vacations, we I kind regularly of feel like I actually have already paid for them. That's correct. And at Sports Leisure Vacations, we regularly encourage our travelers to please bring down the toiletries, those little things that they don't use, and we collect them. And then we take them to places like Loaves and Fishes, and there's a place in Rancho Cordova, and they are recycled to homeless folks and provide them with small supplies of personal items that they wouldn't otherwise be able to access. So it makes sure that those things are are not wasted, per se. Um, So those are, you're right, those are things. So what else do you suppose that the hotel wants you to take from the room? Well, you know, I I really, uh, you know, the, the complimentary slippers, you think so? You think this, this, the slippers maybe? No, I, what about the coffee mug? Do you think that that's a, a, a and, and and this is a loaded question? No, I'm, because the hotels this this kind of hotel expects to lose coffee mugs. Okay, they're not they're they're not as is because usually the coffee mug has the hotel's name on it, right? Right, stuff like that. So they consider that to be a fairly inexpensive the, the ink pen and the notepad. There you go. That's right. Any stationery you don't find stationery as commonly in hotels anymore because people don't write as many letters as they used to. And people, I don't know about you, but I take notes on my on my phone. I don't even write them on a piece of paper anymore because then all my notes are right there when I need them. God forbid I lose the phone, but. Um, so yes, all of those little things are things that, um, things that they probably don't want you to take would be the cheap art pieces on the wall. Um, believe it or not, that's one of the top 10 things that people take. I would say they don't want you taking their towels and their washcloths. They do not. 
They yeah, do yeah. not. In fact, in many hotels, maids have to account for right. the number of towels and, and or the people who collect the laundry. Pillows. You've got to leave the pillows. In some, yes. And those and pillows the, are in and the, the top tens. And the chairs. The, uh, uh, How about the TV? Is the, that optional? I... TVs are not taken as often as they used to. They used to be one of the top three things that were taken. But now they're not, and I'm guessing that's because the new television sets don't cost as much. Well, the new ones are probably more nailed to the wall. Yeah, too. <laughs> and plus the, that little alarm, that, that nasty that little might. alarm thing yeah. and stuff. Uh, oh. People used to take alarm clocks. I was going to say that might be a victim. So hotels now, the little alarm clock and the musical thingy and stuff usually is attached to uh, something that has an alarm to it. They don't want you to take the, the towels. Interestingly enough, like I said, the art on the wall of furniture is frequently taken from hotel rooms. And I'm like, well, what furniture is there? Usually the desk is attached to the wall. And um, the people, the, the chairs from the hotel are in the top 10. And another item that's in the top 10 is the bedding. Although the mattress and box springs are not taken as often as the bedding. It's not uncommon. One hotelier says it's not uncommon for us at least once a week to open the door to a room and find out that we've every single linen has been stripped from the room. Wow. And so so the question is what do hotels do when something like that happens? And the answer is they the things have changed a lot. This is why they take that $200 deposit on yes. your debit card and the like. Yes, they can debit you. They know who you are. That and, everybody uh, hates. And so yes. they may not be able to get all of their money back, but they can at least get enough back to feel like that they have broken even on the deal. So so, so the things that you're allowed, the mm -hmm. list include, uh, for those that are, you know, missed it, because we kind of, kind of mess it messed it up there with all the things that you're not supposed to take yeah the uh we we got the, the toiletries the toiletries mm -hmm. the anything the any mug. of the coffee and tea supplies any of that stuff is fair game any of the extra packets of sugar or tea bags or mm -hmm. anything i don't want to mention anyone in particular like chris galloway but um he regularly takes <laughs> all of the uh, herbal tea bags out of his hotel room that's how he replenishes his supply. So the hotel understands that you're going to take those things, the toiletries. If they are, you mentioned slippers, if they are disposable slippers, then usually the hotel, it will say that on the package and that you're welcome to take those with you. If it's the robe is something that the hotel will bill you for, mm -hmm. um, especially if it's a nice robe and you say, wow, this is really nice. They wouldn't miss this. I'll just get the Fairmont logo. Yeah, on the Yeah. 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 That, that may end up costing you. You're probably better off to go downstairs and ask. That's the other thing. Marriott now has a shop, Marriott website. You can buy anything that you find in the hotel room Including on their website. Including the beds. Including the they beds. They actually uh, they I own one. Do you? Did you I get a, a, one of their, their super beds? That's, I bought a Marriott bed because <laughs> that's what that's I thought that, that, you know, it's if it's the most comfortable bed that you sleep on, and then I just decided that, you know, I sleep in a hotel room often enough. Think about this, folks. I, I'm sitting next to a guy who probably is on the road and sleeps in hotel beds 250 nights out of a out of a year. Uh -huh. So why would he not want a bed just like home? Exactly. Or Which just the, basically that your hotels are. For me, uh, the hotel is home. So yeah, it it's it, it's makes a, sense. And they have really good mattresses. It's a nice bed. You know, my staff was nice enough to buy me some 
accessories and stuff at Christmas. So that was a good thing. Um, listen, this is kind of, we have a couple of other things I want to get to here quickly in the last three minutes that we have in this segment. Um, Hyatt is cracking down on second guest bookings for others. Here's the way this works. You, Tom Romano, are a top tier Hyatt person. So you make a reservation for me in, in your name and my name, even though you're never going to show up at the hotel. When I check in, I get your benefit level. Right. So the the airlines have, have fixed this. They have decided that the person flying, it's their status level that depend that that determines what their amenities are, not the level of the person buying the ticket. Hotels are getting the same way. Hyatt apparently is cracking down. It is a violation of your agreement, so they could close your account. If you had a bunch of points, they could say you're violating. So it hasn't happened with the other hotels yet, but this is a pretty common thing. For somebody to make a reservation in someone's name who has a high rank. And and for some people, they're probably sitting, what is he talking about? But the people who do this probably know exactly what I'm talking about. So just be careful, because at least Hyatt has figured that out. Um, okay, here's an answer, a couple of questions about service animals on planes. Um, this lady, this uh, listener asks, what happens if I board a plane and the person gets on next to me and they have a large dog? Uh, maybe there isn't a whole lot of room for the dog. It's their emotional support animal. Maybe I'm allergic to dogs. What are my rights here? Um, your rights are to ask the airline to move you. It may not be possible for that. You might have a special seat, you know, an economy plus seat or an aisle seat or something as full as planes are. That may not be available. They may not be able to accommodate you in the same kind of seat. Your other option would be to get off the plane. Because you're on a public conveyance, You are con the law says that you should expect the possibility that there could be a service animal on the plane, never mind the whole emotional support animal. But these laws were written long ago, which is why some airlines are looking to change them. But the bottom line is you are the person who has to get off the plane if you can't be accommodated, not the person with the real or faux service animal. Here's another one. Why a guy says uh, he and his wife flies 10 times a year. They fly Southwest almost exclusively. This is for you, Tom. Take their small dog with us. Fits under the seat. Here's their beef. The airline charges them $95 each way for their dog to fly on the plane. There's really no cost to Southwest for him to fly. The carrier takes up his personal space item under the seat. This is the same argument that Did you I made. write that? Yeah, exactly. Um, and so anyways, he's just saying he sees why people are really trying to get around the system because they're charging him a fee for something that costs the airline nothing. Why shouldn't he just be allowed to bring his little animal on the plane? He's playing by the rules. Other people are not. And he says, so I'm being penalized. Just kind of some interesting stuff. If you missed at the top of the uh, hour, Delta and United have begun their new sir rules for service and emotional support animals. After the news coming up, we have Clayton Whitehead is going to take us to Jordan. And uh, just a, a, we caught Clayton sneaking through airports on Friday. So this is a really good interview. If you've never been to the Middle East and you're thinking about going, Hang around till after the news. We are the Travel Guys. It's the Travel Guys on the radio. Mark Hoffman and Tom Romano every Sunday, 3 to 4. And at TravelGuysRadio.com, brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. And uh, time to hook up with one of the Travel Guys' road reporter and good friend uh, Clayton Whitehead. And Mark, uh, 
Clayton has <laughs> has been traveling the world in some unusual uh, locations. Why don't you uh, let our listeners know what we're going to talk about here? Clayton is involved in a organization called Tourism Cares, which does uh, events all over the planet, uh, which involves tourism people going someplace to help out other tourism people with something that some project. So that was one of the reasons that Clayton went to Jordan. I'm sure that there are many more. He's back in the United States now, and uh, we welcome him to the Travel Guys. Welcome back, Clayton. Thank you so much, Mark and Tom. Great to be here. Clayton, you went to Jordan for a philanthropic reason, or at least that was one of the reasons. Uh, tell us, uh, just start out, tell us a little bit about your trip, why you went, what you went for, all that stuff. Well, I have to tell you, whenever I head out on, on a, a trip, and of course normally I'm escorting a tour, I do a lot of homework. I do a lot of preparation work. Even if it's a destination I know very well, I still want to be sure I know everything I can know. But for this trip, I decided not to do that. You know, I'm, I was going to a Muslim country. I was going to the Middle East. There's so much rhetoric about those two topics right now. And I really wanted to go with an open mind, and I really wanted to be objective. So that being said, I did the things that I felt were necessary to keep me confident, if not safe, and that is registering with the State Department through the STEP program. And then I got on a plane and flew to Amman, Jordan. And um, I have to tell you, from the moment we touched down and I kind of gained my equilibrium, this is going to be one of the greatest experiences in my life. And this is a person who is over a, a half a century old and who has been to probably 40 or 50 different countries all over the world. It was an amazing experience. It was philanthropic, yes. Uh, we, we worked on the Jordan Trail, which is a pilgrimage and heritage trail uh, all the way across the country, very similar to the Camino de Santiago across Spain that I did a number of years ago. We were able to see some of the great sites, including Petra. But uh, as is so often the case, it was the people that made this trip so memorable. It was the people who were so loving and hospitable and um, uh, I'm still I'm still gushing from all of the experiences. We're talking with Clayton Whitehead on the Travel Guys. If you've just joined us, Clayton is talking about a recent visit to Jordan. He has just returned in the last couple of days. And Clayton, some of your your Facebook posts along the way of your journey talked about the people and and the food and the culture of of Jordan. And that's something very different from what you're used to. So, did you get a comfort level while you were there? Absolutely. Um, I flew in intentionally a full day early uh, to the capital city of Amman. Our activities didn't begin until uh, the evening of the next day. So I spent literally a full day just walking around the capital city. I, uh, according to my, my little app on my phone, I logged in a little over five miles. And I just was strolling, seeing some of the historic sites. Certainly, uh, I visited the, the great mosque downtown. I uh, visited the Roman ruins atop the citadel and the, the Roman Colosseum. But mostly I visited with people. I just talked to people. Um, as we all know, English is the world's second language, and English is very widely spoken in Jordan, not only to promote tourism and ease among international travelers, but also um, Britain has had a big part in their history, and uh, the English language was, uh, I guess you might say, imposed upon them at one time in history. But uh, it's widely spoken. The people are just so 
nice. And, and, and you know, again, the Middle East is, is a place that's painted in a lot of different light, and I know that much of it is, is well-earned. Um, but, but I would challenge your listeners, when they hear stories about the Middle East, to, to really pay attention to what country and what region of what country uh, is, is being spoken of. And I would venture to say no one ever remembers hearing anything bad about Jordan. Uh, yes, it is a predominantly Muslim country, but... Um, well, I should say perhaps a majority Muslim country. Um, but Christianity and other faiths are legally protected and celebrated there. I saw many children and adults, old people, young people, walking down the street, the women with the headdress, clearly Muslim, walking with another woman who, who did not have the shroud on. Um, in fact, in one shop I went into and got into a pretty lengthy conversation with some college-age kids that were running the shop, one of them just asked me very poignantly, why do Americans not like us? Why are Americans afraid of us? And I can't say that I know. I mean, granted, there are some crazy things going on in Syria, and there have been crazy things going on in that region, but when have you ever heard of anything happening in Amman? When have you ever heard of anything happening in Jordan? Um, I felt safe. I felt welcomed. Um, I was often embraced. Um, so many misconceptions, and I think of myself as being a rather enlightened person, but so many misconceptions I had about Muslim people and Muslim countries and what I thought they believed were just shattered because they weren't true. They just weren't true. And I'm so, I'm so blessed to have had this eye-opening experience to spend time uh, you know, on their turf and in their care and in their company so that they could prove to me that they're just people like me. And, and, and in the case of Muslims, they're God-loving people like me, and it's the same God. So uh, I, I don't know how we've gotten so, uh, so, so off in our view of them really tragic. It's tragic for their sake and it's tragic for ours because they're good people and the country is simply amazing. You know, I've always thought about going to the Holy Land and somehow I've always pegged Israel as being the Holy Land. But Jordan is full of holy sites. I visited Mount Nebo where Moses viewed the Holy Land. Uh, I visited Wadi Musa, uh, which means the Valley of Moses, where Moses struck the rock and made water come out. And water is still coming out of that rock thousands of years later and feeding the valley below it. And perhaps most special for me, I visited Bethany, which is the site where John baptized Jesus. So holy sites were plentiful, uh, as were extraordinary uh, historical sites dating back to the ancient Greeks and the ancient Romans. Uh, and then, of course, there's Petra, which uh, uh, to say it's a, a UNESCO World Heritage Site is, is like the least is the least you can say about Petra. Um, Tom, Tom, you look like you're dying to jump in here. So go ahead. <laughs> well, I, I can tell Clayton we, we might need a whole hour for him. You have so much. That's what I'm thinking. You have so much to tell us, Clayton. Uh, it, it obviously life changing for you. By the way, if you're just joining us, Clayton Whitehead. The uh, Travel Guys Road Reporter, just returning from Jordan. At the beginning, you mentioned the STEP program, Clayton. We've talked a lot about it uh, here on the Travel Guys and how if you're going to be leaving the country, you should register uh, so our government uh, can find you and, and they can notify you and let you know if there's any dangers or any information that you should know while traveling. Uh, 
Tell us, our listeners, how that worked out for you. Well, uh, twice while I was away, I got emails from the State Department. One was making sure I was aware of the uh, terrible airstrikes that are going on in Syria, which was our neighbor to the north. Um, though it was adequately covered on local media, so I was very aware of it. But still, I was glad that my government had my back. Um, and then the second warning came from um, uh, uh, the threat of hostile activities going on in the West Bank, which is directly to Jordan's west, just across the Jordan River, on the other side of the Dead Sea. And the, uh, the situation there is based on the United States' decision to move our embassy uh, from uh, Tel Aviv to, to Jerusalem. So uh, a day of protesting had been planned. And actually, it was my travel day, but I flew from Amman to Frankfurt and um, was totally unaffected by that. So, you know, the Step Department... I mean, or rather the State Department through the STEP program, they were doing their job. They were alerting me of things in my region that could potentially have an impact on my travel and my pleasure and my safety and my experience. And uh, it was factual. It was non-political. It was brief. It just gave you the information. And, um, you know, I felt very good about it. I felt like that's what the program is supposed to do. I should say I've signed up for the STEP program, I don't know, 50 times, as many times as I've been out of the country. But this is the first time I've ever gotten a reply. So now I know the system really works. You know, this is We will put a Clayton, we'll put a, a link not only to um, to some of the Jordan tourism stuff, in case you're interested in knowing more about Jordan, but we'll also put a link to the STEP program. We talk about that a lot on this program. It's a way for you to tell your government that you're leaving the continent and where you're going and when you're going to be there so that if, as in Clayton's case, if there's something that they need to communicate to you, they can. Clayton, we're just about out of time here. Is there anything that you haven't talked about you have a tremendous amount of passion about jordan and so I, that's why we just kind of let you go uh, is there anything that you haven't mentioned that you would like to tell folks about your trip well of course i am a professional tour operator and this show is sponsored by sports leisure vacations so i'd be remiss if i didn't say yes i am planning to do a group tour there and um, i'm thinking most likely around this time of year in 2020 I already have a big trip planned to New Zealand and Australia around this time next year. So uh, Jordan may necessarily have to wait yet another year, but um, folks will be hearing about it from me because I definitely plan to return to this incredible country and visit these incredible people one more time. Well, dare I say the folks who hosted you there, I think uh, your your 10 minutes of radio here probably gave them exactly what they want, your, your passion for the people and the country and the places that you visited. Jordan yeah. Tourism Board, they have a great website. Uh, consumers can go there, learn more about the country. They were my hosts. And um, just just beyond words, the whole experience was beyond words. Thank you. Clayton Whitehead, travel safely, my friend, and uh, we'll we'll see you soon. Thank you so much. And don't forget, go to Travel Guys Radio. You'll find right in the middle of the page there a link to uh, photos and more information about uh, Jordan and uh, Clayton's trip there. Pretty fantastic. Boy, he was really impressed. You could, you could tell that he went there thinking A and yes. came home knowing B. Well, so. you know, just if you talk to people about uh, the Middle East and then you bring up Jordan or, or any place, a lot of people are going to have the same opinion. 
couple of things here quickly. Um, we had a listener who called in and the first part of the show and asked if commercial driver's licenses were going to be impacted by this whole real ID thing. We looked it up online, and as far as we can tell, folks with commercial licenses will be under the same rules. And after the 1st of October 2020, you will have to have that special license if you plan to travel on an airplane. Of course, if you're not getting on an airplane or going through TSA security, then you don't have to worry about that. All right, a couple of other things we'll try to get to um, at the end of the program. Coming up after the new, after the break here, we take you to discover Earthships. If you don't know what we're talking about, you really should hang around. We are the Travel Guys. Hello, everyone. Mark Hoffman and Tom Romano, the Travel Guys, with you. Brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations here. As always, uh, in an attempt to make you a smarter traveler and on occasion bring you information on travel and places to go and things to do that perhaps you will not hear anywhere else. Mark, and I think this particular guest and this particular subject is uh, pretty unusual. Uh, let our listeners know where we're going with this. I, I think so. I, I, I do believe so. First of all, if you've ever wanted to spend the night in an Earthship then you have come to the right place uh, because that's what this conversation is going to be about. Really unique, eco-friendly lodgings. We are joined here on the Travel Guys by Amy uh, Awanape, and Amy is with uh, New Mexico Tourism. And welcome to the Travel Guys, Amy. Thanks a lot, Mark and Tom. Good to be here today. Amy, I think this is one of the most interesting things to come along in a long time. Explain to our listeners a little bit about, I don't even know where to start, but I'll, I'll let you pick a place and start to talk about Earthships. <laughs> sure. Well, uh, Earthships is actually an, a new concept to us also, simply because these are communities that are completely off the grid. And the one here in New Mexico um, is completely off the grid, self-sustainable. Um, but when we actually did a true story on our true story television series, it is one of the most popular videos <laughs> for our website and for our YouTube page. Um, and it's fascinating. These are just amazing structures. And they're kind of like lumps in the desert because these are built outside of Taos and in the high desert. Um, they are completely self-sustaining houses and a whole community of people live together who decided um, they would also like to be sustainable and live off the grid. The first one was built 30 years ago right here in New Mexico by a man of the name of Michael Reynolds, um, who wanted to be a lot more one with the earth and one with nature and be really eco-friendly. Um, and these are built completely from anything that's recyclable. So tires, um, glass bottles filled with sand for insulation. Um, and these are built right into the ground for its insulating properties. Um, and they generate their own electricity. They have their own water well. So that's where this concept started. And in order to share this practice and want this practice to go around the world, um, they have offered these houses and homes open for rent here in New Mexico. So people can actually stay in one just like they would stay in a hotel, although I'm guessing the clientele might be just slightly different. You say that some of these are located outside Taos and there are some in different parts of the country is my understanding. 
That's right. Um, they're found in all four corners of the world now um, and all over the United States. And actually, one of the um, most interesting things is that uh, the Greater World Community, which is the Earthships community outside Taos, New Mexico, northern New Mexico, is actually part of the Puerto Rico disaster relief, hurricane disaster relief. And so in order to help all those people affected by the hurricane in Puerto Rico, um, they are actually there now as we speak, building Earthship structures as part of sustainable living um, and to help everyone there affected by the hurricane. Let me ask you, Amy, uh, you know, I'm listening to this and I'm looking at the pictures on your website and so forth. And, you know, this seems like the kind of thing that would have, you know, back in the 60s during the during the, the hippie movement, if you will, would have been extremely popular. Uh, what particular clientele, what kind of people give this a try? Yeah, and, you know, that's uh, one of the first things you might think of when you think of earthships and sustainable living and living off the ground and using recyclable uh, products to build your own home where you're going to live. But these are not hippie houses. They're not um, Celtic in, in any sense. These are luxurious and first-class homes. People live there, and on any given day, there will be one or two more earthships being built, um, either for someone's private residence or to be rented out. In these days, we find here at the tourism department and in the tourism industry in general that people are looking for an eco-friendly experience, so sustainable tourism. And this is a niche where the tourist experience has the least impact to its surrounding culture or environment and that's exactly what earthships are these are this has a huge following across the country is what we found when we released our video um, and let a lot of the media outlets know about it is that today's traveler and particularly millennial travelers are looking for that adventurous experience and eco-friendly experience we're talking with Amy Awanape. Amy is with New Mexico Tourism. We're talking about Earthships, which are off the grid places that you can stay if you just tuned into the travel guys. Uh, I see here you have not only for us adults and for the millennials, you have something called Earthship Youth Academy. Tell us about that, Amy. Yes. Yeah, so there are actually internships um, and programs at the Youth Academy where individuals, groups of individuals, can come and learn how to build an Earthship. And it's such a popular trend right now um, because of how much impact we're having on the earth and, and, and over the years, you know, wanting to be better caretakers of the land, um, that there is a program and there's an availability and um, out at the greater world community for groups of individuals, groups of youth to come in and help build an earthship. So they're getting that firsthand experience in what is entailed, what is all behind, what, what insulates these earthships, what makes them livable. And so they're actually able to come in for days at a time, help build an earthship and live within the, the greater world community um, and see how this could be sustainable and completely off the grid at the same time. Even if you're just a casual traveler and you think you'll never stay in an earthship, I would encourage you to go to TravelGuysRadio.com and click on a couple of the websites that we have listed there and take a look at the earthships because they are really unique and interesting. You can stay in one, a couple of folks, for about $250 uh, a night. They are available on to weekly rentals and, and such. Really unique places to stay. And should we just mention here, 
there, Amy, for a second, that one of my favorite places to travel in the whole country is New Mexico. The food, uh, Route 66 cuts through the middle of it. There are all the Indian pueblos, which are the Native American pueblos, which are uh, some of which are still active today that you can tour. Uh, it's, it's a state with so much diversity and so much culture that it's just a wonderful place to travel. So if you haven't headed to New Mexico yet, make sure you put it on your list and take a, maybe you can at least take a visit to an Earthship. Amy, thank you so much for your time today. Thanks, guys. It was great being here today. I want to do the uh, Earthship Stay and the Balloon Festival uh, all at the same time. Speaking of balloons, excellent cue, Mr. Romano. Um, one of our listeners sent, uh, Sandy sent a note today. She's going to, the, uh, to New York to see the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, which is mostly balloon floats. Any suggestions on hotel would be a good location and not break the bank. Um, uh, so, and Sandy, I'll send you a, a personal response to this, but... Our group stays at the Marriott Marquis in Times Square. Um, the important thing to, to know is that hotels in New York at Thanksgiving are less expensive Sunday, Monday, Tuesday before Thanksgiving are very slow nights. Wednesday and Thanksgiving night and every night after that, very peak nights. My recommendation to you if you're going is do all your sightseeing and stuff ahead of Thanksgiving. Celebrate Thanksgiving, leave on Friday. That's what we normally do. Hotels are less expensive on the east side, or you can stay in New Jersey and take a ferry across. I will send you a note, Sandy, and uh, thank you for your letter. Next week, we have uh, Richard Lewis, who is coming by, and we have a couple tickets to give away to an American in Paris. Not only a couple of tickets, we got a bag of what we call schwag, yes, which is... to go along with it. All kinds of neat stuff, souvenirs from the show and all kinds mm-hmm. of cool stuff. Ed Perkins is coming. You know that uh, uh, story we talked about last week about hot- about airlines creating different airfares for different people? Ed had a great article about that, and he's going to stop by and talk to us about it next week. All right, be listening for the uh, travel tip of the week. It runs uh, weekdays here on KFBK. You guys have a wonderful week, and we'll see you next time. Remember to dance like nobody's watching. See you next week at 3 o'clock.